Welcome to day 283 of Shaped by the Word, season three, the story of the prophets. I'm Matt and I'm here again with Adam Brunson. We're walking through Ezekiel and we've we've covered um, some messages of hope so far this week. We've covered messages of judgment. And if you remember from yesterday, we saw the prophecy against the South where the word of the Lord comes to Ezekiel and he's called to set his face towards Jerusalem and to prophesy against the forest of the Southland. And and you'll remember we we talked about that being really a, to be read in conjunct, conjunction with today's text that um, it is kind of the background of what we're going to encounter today. And so you're going to see, um, and maybe if you go back and you read uh, the end of chapter uh, 20 verses 45 through 49, you're going to see these images being coupled together that when Ezekiel is called to set his face towards the south and to prophesy against the forest land, here he's called to set his face against Jerusalem and to set his face against the land of Israel. Uh, you saw the the judgment that's going to come on the trees that were both green and dry, and here the judgment's going to come on those who are both righteous and wicked. So we're, we're seeing at first this delivery of this prophecy against the south now being more fully explained to us, you know, in this prophecy against Jerusalem. So we're going to pick up in Ezekiel chapter 21. It's a long text today, and we're going to see God's sword of judgment coming down upon Judah, and we will actually see who that sword is as we read. But before we read, let me let me pray for this moment. Thank God for his word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the reality that it is um, it is your word to us, living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing the very um, the very inner parts of who we are. And Father, we ask that you would do just that as we read, that you would capture our affection again. You would use your word uh, to transform us into your image, that Father, you would search us, know our anxious thoughts, um, see if there's any offensive way in us. And Father, as you do, uh, would you lead us into the way of everlasting as we read? We love you. Thank you for your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel 21. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against Jerusalem and preach against the sanctuary. Prophesy against the land of Israel and say to her, this is what the Lord says. I am against you. I will draw my sword from its sheath and cut off you from you, both the righteous and the, the wicked. Because I am going to cut off the righteous and the wicked, my sword will be unsheathed against everyone from south to north. Then all people will know that I, the Lord, have drawn my sword from its sheath. It will not return again. Therefore groan, son of man. Groan before them with broken heart and bitter grief. And when they ask you, why are you groaning? You shall say, because of the news that is coming. Every heart will melt with fear and every hand go limp. Every spirit will become faint and every leg will be wet with urine. It is coming. It will surely take place, declares the sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy and say, this is what the Lord says, a sword, a sword, sharpened and polished, sharpened for the slaughter, polished to flash like lightning. Shall we rejoice in the, in the scepter of my royal son? The sword despises every such, such stick. The sword is appointed to be polished, to be grasped with the hand. It's sharpened and polished, made ready for the hand of the slayer. Cry out and wail, son of man. For it is against my people, it is against all the princes of Israel. They are thrown to the sword along with my people, therefore beat your breast. Testing will surely come, and what if even the scepter, which the sword despises, uh, does not continue, declares the sovereign Lord. 
So then, son of man, prophesy, and strike your hands together. Let the sword strike twice, even three times. It is a sword for slaughter, a sword for great slaughter, closing in on them from every side, so that hearts may melt with fear and the fallen be many. I have stationed the sword for slaughter at all their gates. Look, it is forged to strike like lightning. It is grasped for slaughter. Slash to the right, you sword, then to the left. Wherever your blade is turned, I too will strike my hands together and my wrath will subside. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, mark out two roads for the sword of the king of Babylon to take, both starting from the same country. Make a signpost where the road branches off to the city. Mark out one road for the sword to come against Rabbah of the Ammonites and against another, Judah, and fortified Jerusalem. For the king of Babylon will stop at the fork in the road, at the junction of the two roads, to seek an omen. He will cast lots with arrows. He will consult his idols. He will examine the liver. Into his right hand will come the lot for Jerusalem, where he has set up battering rams to give the command to slaughter, to sound the battling cry, to set battering rams against the gates, to build a ramp, and to erect siege works. It will seem like a false omen to those who have sworn allegiance to him. But he will remind them of their guilt and take them captive. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says, because you people have brought to your mind, uh, to mind your guilt by your open rebellion, re- revealing your sins and all that you do. Because you have done this, you will be taken captive. You profane and wicked prince of Israel, whose day has come, whose time of punishment has reached its climax. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Take off the turban, remove the crown. It will not be as it was. The lowly will be exalted and the exalted brought low. A ruin, a ruin. I will make it a ruin. The crown will not be restored until he to whom it rightfully belongs shall come. To him I will give it. And you, son of man, prophesy and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says about the Ammonites and their insults. A sword, a sword drawn for the slaughter, polished to consume and to flash like lightning. Despite false visions concerning you and lying divinations about you, It will be laid on the necks of the wicked who are to be slain, whose day has come, whose time of punishment has reached its climax. Let the sword return to its sheath. In the place where you were created in the land of your ancestry, I will judge you. I will pour out my wrath on you and breathe out my fiery anger against you. I will deliver you into the hands of brutal men, men skilled in destruction. You will be fuel for the fire. Your blood will be shed in your land. You will be remembered no more. For I, the Lord, have spoken. There's Ezekiel 21. We meet this this sword of the the Lord. Actually, 19 times we're going to encounter this sword where the Lord says he has drawn his sword from the sheath. And the the sword is set squarely against Jerusalem and Judah. And maybe some interesting quick bit of history here is you you have when the the kingdom of Israel fractured into two and you have the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom uh, the northern kingdom ends up being you know taken over and they go into exile by the Assyrians well the southern kingdom looked at it that's Judah and Jerusalem they looked at it and and said well we're fortified we're still God's people of course you know the northern kingdom got what is coming they were the you know they were the ones who were given over to idolatry they were the ones who were who were becoming like every other nation and and God looks squarely at them and says, "You are just like every other nation as well. You, you are, you are sinful. You, you continue to do these detestable practices and set up these various idols. So now He says, my, my sword is against you.' And 
And then he reveals what that sword is. Babylon is coming. So as we read this, there's a lot of images, a lot we could talk about. Um, What are some things that stand out to you? I agree. There's so many things in this passage. One of the things that stands out to me is Ezekiel's detail of how God will use Babylon in them and even the approach, you know, gives us almost a, a... kind of a movie narrative of Babylon approaching yeah. to to Jerusalem and how he's going to get closer. Should I go to the uh, attack the Ammonites or should I go attack to, to attack Jerusalem? And uh, he'll even cast lots, you know, so to speak, at the fork in the road and be like, yeah. okay, I flipped the coin. Israel's going to die today. Yeah, yeah I love the image. <laughs> you almost have the image of, you know, the, the Babylon has these arrows on its, you know, the, the king has an arrow on its back and he... With one arrow, you know, you have the name Jerusalem written on it. And the other name, you have the Ammonites written on it. And it's almost, you know, which arrow is he going to pull out of that quiver? Is it the one aimed at us or the one aimed at the Ammonites? And, mm-hmm. You know, of course, from the text, it's it's both. But yeah, that movie scene is like kind of this almost epic scene of Babylon is approaching. They're coming down the road and the army they are bringing is devastating. I think that scene reminds me of uh, a passage, I believe, in the, in the Proverbs. It says the... The king's harder like channels of water and he directs it, you know, where he will, which, you know, I think was certainly spoken to Israel's kings, but also just reminds us of God's intimate workings throughout time and history and people and, and even here working with these ungodly nations that he's using them as tools to, uh, to bring judgment and ultimately rebuke restoration, you know, the cycle that our hearts have to go through to turn back to the Lord uh, to some degree. But even there, like, okay, God's this is hard to sometimes receive, but God's involved in in the tools of judgment against his people to restore. And it's hard to miss that in this passage. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the, the big themes uh, that we should draw attention to with, with our time as we think about this, you know, is the Lord is going to use Babylon to judge, you know, his people. And he's already told, this is one of those things that we've, we've been reading through the prophets We've seen this. We saw this in Jeremiah as well. You know, that it, it, exile is coming. The people have been unfaithful and God says, I'm going to send you into exile. Babylon's coming. You will you will go into Babylon. But he's also called them to say, you know, and if you want to prosper there, then you need to seek the welfare of the city in which I've planted you. You know, don't refuse my purposes. Don't refuse what I'm about to do. And instead, Right. This is still kind of gloomy, but but you see the Lord saying, I, I'm going to send you there. So seek the, the prosperity and the welfare, you know, and settle down, build houses, you know, and it will go well for you. But there's still the promises that he will then bring them out of exile. And, and you see that here um, in, in the images of kingship where he tells, you know, you get the, the, the prince of Israel, you know, Zedekiah, this is not going to go well for you. Time to take off the turban, time to take off the crown, the images of the priesthood, the images of the kingship being removed. And and you get that question. He says, is now a time to rejoice in the scepter of Israel? You know, the, the, now the time that, to rejoice in the scepter of the king, that we have the great promises of kingship that are going to continue to go on. And he says, no, no, this there's an interruption that's happening. Now is not the time to rejoice. In fact, I'm removing the king, you know, from, from your midst in Jerusalem and you get that you get that question really when will the crown then be restored you know these are the, the long promises that, that Israel hopes in and so goes yeah, as the king goes so goes Jerusalem 
And verse 27 says, a ruin, a ruin, I will make it a ruin. The crown will not be restored until he to whom it rightfully belongs shall come. To him I will give it. And we ask the question as we're reading this, to whom does it rightly belong? Who will the Lord give it to? Because up to this point, there does not seem to be a king in Israel that is fit for this crown. You know, and, and that is easy to get to Jesus from that point because we see that when Jesus comes, he proves himself to be the rightful owner of that crown and the one to whom the Lord gives it. But for this point in this time in Israel, you know, they're clinging to to other nations. They're clinging to their idols. They're clinging even to the the wicked kings, you know, that, that have been set up thinking that, you know, just because they're God's people, it's going to go well, but it, but it hasn't. And it really, in the end, points us to a greater hope that we have a better king, one to whom the crown rightly belongs. And he is the one who brings us out of exile. He is the one in who, you know, under whose reign we flourish. And he is the one that we long for. You know, so here we get great images of, of judgment. Uh, destruction is coming. Babylon lies at the gates. You know, it's battering rams are set towards the city, God's judgment. And really we should say God in his judgment has taken aim at his people and what he, what he has spoken, he will, he will carry out. So message of judgment, we'll continue to see more, more messages of judgment. We'll actually see, you know, why this comes in, in our reading tomorrow. And, and on Friday, God's people are a rebellious people. But as we close today, Adam, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Lord, again, we thank you for your word that uh, tells us so much about about you and uh, such a strong message for us. Lord, we think about uh, King David, who was, um, you know, most the most notable king of Israel, and yet how broken he was. Um, God, that longing for um, the, the one king who will set things right is echoing throughout scripture. And even here again, such a clear picture of it that there is one to whom the crown rightfully belongs. And we, God, thank you for um, the perspective we have on this side of the cross, that we see that as Jesus. We have uh, that treasure in him, that leadership that, uh, that can not only um, speak truth clearly, but um, because the sword ultimately fell on him. Uh, God, you have won our affections and, and given us a new heart. Help us to uh, continue to grow and lean into that. Thank you for this this word from your scriptures today. Amen. Amen.